This episode is brought to you by Visor for Chromebooks. Is your school district going one-to-one? Do you manage thousands of Chromebooks or other IT assets like projectors and smart boards? If so, you'll want to listen to this. Visor is a Chromebook management solution that seamlessly integrates with the Google Admin Console and your student information system, now including PowerSchool. With Visor for Chromebooks, you can easily see which student has which Chromebook, manage repairs, and even automate disabling lost or stolen devices while notifying parents, all in one click. To find out more, do a Google search right now for Visor for Chromebooks. That's V-I-Z-O-R for Chromebooks, or click the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Chromecast, the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Chromecast. I am not Joe Humphrey, but I am here with Robbie Payne. What's up? First again. Uh, yeah, first, 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 because I haven't even introduced myself. I'm actually Gabriel Brangers. Uh, young Joe is not with us today. He is on the West Coast at the MediaTek Executive Summit. Yes, so this is their uh, this is their annual chip processor summit that they do, similar to what Qualcomm does every year in Hawaii. Yeah. They just talk about their new chips, the, not not just mobile chips, but like 5G and IoT and auto. And uh, we actually sat through one of these uh, Qualcomm one at CES one year. And uh, the, stu- the stuff is awesome. I mean, it, it, it drives the technology that we use every day. But when you sit and listen to what it's about, it's mind numbing. I, yeah. I, I applaud the people who are into that. There was a guy on the media tech thing yesterday. He's a, a upper echelon guy with the company, but he obviously has uh, roots in development and he was genuinely excited about what he was talking about. And I applaud him for that because I honestly was lost after about three minutes. Yeah. So, it's, it's funny. Like you, it's get, right. you get to these things and it's like, wow, I think I know what my wife feels like when I start talking about this, the stuff that I think is techie. Like, yeah. I feel that same level um, of just like, it's so much information that I don't know where to start to put my brain in order to start to understand it. So it's, it's, I just kind of start checking out. Yeah. I just want to know, is it fast? Is the processor fast? Yeah. It's like stuff. Cool. I feel like our wives probably frequently look at us and just smile and kind of want to pat us on the head. uh, Because not only do they possibly not understand what they're saying, they probably don't care. (laughs) Yeah. They really don't. 100%. My wife picks up her phone and wants it to do the stuff she wants it to do. And that's it. Like she doesn't care how it gets to that point. There's zero urge in her to know how 120 Hertz versus a 90 Hertz versus 60 Hertz affects your eye and how you see it. No, she don't care about any of that stuff. My wife, my wife just wants to know she, I I drove the uh, six pro for about a week and uh, now I have some hard decisions to make and I'm, I'm going to drive the six for a few days and see what I'm going to do with the pixel six. In case I didn't mention that, uh, my, my wife really just wanted to know, you know, which one do you want? And then she also wanted to know, um, why our one pluses seem to be bugging out all of a sudden like web views is just messed up you click links and nothing happens and i'm like i you know i i don't know so she just wants the answers she doesn't want the how-to speaking of bugs we'll we'll talk about a little bit of that yeah uh, see with, unintended with segue there you yeah. go yeah uh, uh, that's actually the first thing i've got on the list so we can go ahead and just talk about it like 
So yeah, Joe, anyway, Joe is in, in California at uh, a very, very nice resort in California. And I checked the weather out there today because it was 28 degrees when I left the house this morning. I had to thaw my car out. It was horrible. I don't like cold weather. I don't like being cold. Uh, so I thought, ooh, that Joe. But it's not cold there, but the high today is like 67. Uh, the yeah. high on Sunday when he leaves is actually like, 85 <laughs> but uh he you know he's taking some walks on the beach and if you follow him on it i think did he put it on instagram uh so he got some yeah i think he did a story yeah so some really awesome shots on the beach of dolphins literally not even a, probably a hundred feet out just oh, yeah. in just deep enough water for them to swim it was it, it was really 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 cool yeah so. uh we saw some of that uh in gulf shores uh this yeah this summer there's there ended up being a shark out there too which made us not swim in the ocean but there were a lot of dolphins actually right up by the shore it was really strange we ended up uh we could walk up and down the beach and you know from me to gabe basically you know we're sitting like three four feet apart like look down and huge stingrays like yeah two three foot wide stingrays just floating by like it was it was pretty wild lots and lots of marine life that that stress first time i've ever yeah, seen that that stresses me out because the last time i was in gulf shores if you if you go to the beach and you swim out. And when I say swim out, I mean out like like you were going to surf swim out. Uh, probably, I don't know if I had to guess, 500 yards maybe. Like yeah. out, out. There's a sandbar where the water gets really shallow again. And it's up to about, I don't know, my shoulders. I'm, I'm 6'3", so you know, shorter people aren't going to want to do that. But you can go out there and you can stand. And you get there and you're like, oh, yeah, man, this is so cool. But then you realize you have to swim back. And that's an exhausting swim against the current yeah. four or 500 yards. But to think that uh, sharks never cross my mind when I'm at the beach, but they're always there. Yep. <laughs> looking out and seeing it, I was like, yep, that's yep, a shark. Done. We've been looking at dolphins. That is definitely like, and he turned and kind of came towards us, not like attacking us, but like was when a bull he, shark or, uh, no, uh, I want to say it was just, a. uh, what's the most standard uh, tiger or, uh, um, not, they, they look like a smaller version of like a great white, like the uh, standard looking gray and white type shark. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I don't, have don't really know sharks. I'm not a shark guy. But yeah, he was, I mean, he was the size of about a dolphin. So he's a good size shark. Uh, Big enough to take an arm off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we found a fish uh, not far from there. Uh, a good size, you know, fish like twice the size of a piece of, you know, standard bread. Bitten completely in half. Like looked mm. like he'd been cut with a jagged saw in half. And so I'm like, eh, that shark definitely did that. So that's cool. You guys want to go play some golf? Yeah. <laughs> There's a swing suite just up the road. Spent six hours in there. That's that that personifies me 100% right there. Yep. I'm in Gulf Shores, and I spent six hours of my time there indoor playing in a golf simulator. Yeah, I mean, it was really yeah, awesome, and it last, was super hot outside. I think it was, last time we were at the beach was Myrtle Beach, but it was right after Christmas. We just took an impromptu vacation there, and it's, it's not. Now, granted, there were people swimming in the water, but it was not warm. I mean, it was kind of cool, actually, but there are people that, that, that enjoy that, and that's fine, but zero urge whatsoever yeah like we went to damon's yeah we went to damon's which is right on the water and then we got done eating and we walked and picked up because my kids had never been to the beach uh so we did seashells and all that stuff then we went back to the resort and we went swimming in the pool oh yeah the heated pool yep <laughs> yeah swimming in the ocean just is not my jam yeah. not so, at all that's uh, what it blows my mind because the place we usually stay in florida they have they have pools all over the the compound but 
they have a few saltwater pools. Um, and I just, I don't get that. I know people love the, the, the beach experience and I do like the beach, but if I had my, if I had my way, ocean water would not be salt water. It's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, but the nice part about, uh, I don't know if you open your eyes when you go underwater or anything Yeah, like, and chlorine pools, it kind of burns a, yeah. little, a little bit. It's, it's tolerable. Salt water doesn't at all because yeah. it's saline basically. Yeah. And uh, it's way cheaper for upkeep too. It's like more expensive oh, yeah. to start it, but I know there there are people around here even that, that have saltwater pools. Yeah, uh, keeping saltwater balanced um, is a lot easier than keeping chemicalized yeah. water. Balanced. You don't smell. You don't have that chlorine stink on you when yeah. you get out too. Okay, so I see the benefits, but yeah. I still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> if it gets in your mouth and it tastes so, well, actually, both of them are gross. Yeah. So, except so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyways, back to the pixel. Anywho, so, so yeah, uh, talking about bugs and and pixel six. Um, there were two um, pretty decent sized bugs that were squashed uh, just in the last week through um, one of them was through a Google uh, app update. And the other one that was through um, an actual like software update that was kind of a surprise. So the November update obviously rolled out pretty soon after people started getting their pixel six. And then they surprised us with a, a little mid mid month mm-hmm. bump. Uh, and it literally was at the end of the build number and it's like 15 numbers long. It, it was one digit. So it was like 36 to 37. It was very tiny, but 100% Verizon posted the change log and said, update to this thing. It's going to fix your fingerprint scanner. Basically is what the change log said. Uh, cause Google didn't say anything, but all the pixels got it. Um, I personally wasn't having a ton of issue with the, the fingerprint scanner, but I know a lot of people were, Yeah. um, but it, it it's been quicker for me now yeah so and like, that's what like now if i if i go to touch you know yeah who did the side by side was it ron i think it was ron yeah, amadio ron amadio did the side by side of the nine uh, one plus and the pixel showing that they really weren't any difference in speed and he looked it up i think it's the exact same sensor too. right i think my issue with it was with my one plus i get it one Haptic medium bump. haptic bump when i unlock it the pixel has two bumps so, yeah, so when it has you a touch bump it and you touch and then a bump when it unlocks I think my brain is just registering that as it's taking longer because yeah. there's two bumps. However, I was using the six pro when the update rolled out and after it ru- rolled out in my brain, anyway, it seems faster. Now I don't know if, yeah. they, if the, the haptic, uh, the haptic speed was closer together or, or less sharp or whatever, but it did feel faster. I never had any issues with the fingerprints registering. I know there were certain, uh, situations like people were saying it would happen when the battery was a certain percentage yeah. and things like that. The thing that I found uh, annoying, and I don't know if this is an Android 12 thing or a pixel thing, but I don't seem to have the issue with my phone, with my one plus. If I'm in an app, like say I'm opening my bank app, it, it automatically throws up the fingerprint scanner. Yeah. Okay. For biometrics. If on the one plus, if I were to get a notification while I was on this screen, I could not touch the notification, nor could I touch the fingerprint scanner. I literally had to either swipe up and dismiss everything or just wait for the toast notification that was on to go away. 12 or on the, you said on, the one plus. On the, on the pixel. Uh, okay. So literally when that notification was showing at the top and the fingerprint scanner was down here, nothing was would would le- allow me to interact other than swiping everything away. Let's let's test it live right and now. And that was annoying. So I'm going to click on my bank app here. Okay. And I'll wait till my thing it. comes up here. Small bank. It's a slow app. <laughs> Give us a second. Poor guys. Seriously. Like, what's happening? Splash, it's all a splash screen. I heard you talking about it. Just stuck. 
Wow, just uh, not going to work at all. Okay, let me back up. Let's try it again. There we go. Okay, I'm up. Send Ready? Me, yep, send me a thing. There you go. And so you're saying you couldn't dismiss the... Yeah, I can't. Can you touch your fingerprint scanner right now? Ooh, fun bug. Can you touch... Uh, as soon as it went away, after a right. second it went away. Yeah, but... so I had to wait for the notification to go oh, away. That's annoying. With my OnePlus, I think, let me double check, send me a notification. There we go. Going the other way. And test. I can still touch my fingerprint scanner. Yeah, I wonder if it's something like with the notification shade is uh, overhanging something. So something's being drawn over the other. So yeah, we need to yeah, submit that bug. So there is. you go. You, we we just uncovered a brand new Pixel Six bug. It's probably an Android Twelve bug, to be honest. Probably, with you, but, but uh, yeah, I, I won't know for another year on this phone. So whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, and again, we can talk about this later or on another podcast. I was going to write a post about it. I, I don't dislike the pro. I do. I, I think the phone's great. And I think Google's on to something here because with the bugs that they've had with, and we'll, we'll go over the bugs and stuff, but with the bugs that they've had, there's not been a lot of people hating on the phone. I mean, no. it's just like, Hey, here's these things. There's a couple then, things. And there. then Google has quickly much faster than most other mm-hmm. OEMs. Because they are an OEM now, which is yeah. cool. Uh, fixed them. They've just they've taken care of it. Yeah, and it's so. like that's the that's the interesting part of all this. Um, because the other bug was the fingerprints. That, that was mainly it that they kind of got fixed. That, so they fixed fingerprint scanner through the update. They and fixed, honestly, the fingerprint thing was a, was a minor nit. It wasn't yeah. a big deal. So. Um, and the other one that it was making ghost calls. Now, has that been fixed? Yeah, uh, so that okay. got fixed through the Google Apps. What would happen is you would say, "Hey, G," the thing will come up. If you didn't say anything, like it was auto filling, like call Jeffrey or whatever, and then it was so it was getting fake triggered in the middle of the night. And since there's no one talking, everyone's asleep. It was auto filling to call somebody. Right, like super weird. <laughs> now I don't know if you didn't have a Jeffrey or whatever name in your contacts. I don't, I'm not sure where where the name came from or whatever. My bad. <laughs> but they they patched that up, and so like I think the bigger story is the fact, like what you said, where Google, um, I don't know them and and anybody else who makes electronics, and I I get it, I get the reasoning behind this a bit, but when bugs arise, and it seems pretty clear, like yep, lots of people are having this same issue. It's it's very strange to have uh, a manufacturer actually go, yeah. Yep, it's doing that. Yeah, it takes them forever, and I mean, we're dealing with it with this Samsung Chromebook that you know we've we want to return or get our money back or something. Oh, yeah. it's, it's this mess of instead of just owning it and being like, yeah, we've probably if if they're being honest, they probably say, yeah, we've had quite a few complaints about this thing, but they don't want to say that because I get it. The minute they do actually say yes, we right. see it as a problem, then people start looking for it, and like it's it's a different mentality. But Google seems to just be really okay right now with uh, Pixel 6 and 6 Pro with saying, yeah, you're right. It's wrong. We'll fix it. Now, did they publicly address any of the uh, issues? Um, the ghost calling? I think so. Yeah. Like, I think they said, and, hey, we see it's a problem. We have we have patched this. Update your Google app. It will fix right. it. And I, and, and I think that's what what's important is, you know, it doesn't have to be this mass marketing thing where they share it everywhere. But, you know, when there's an issue address it, find a fix for the issue, roll out the fix, and then reach out to the, you know, the verges and the whoever and say, Hey, look, yeah. here's our official statement. There was an issue. 
and then pe- I mean, people will be impressed with that because one one plus has uh, had an issue. I have not had the issue with my nine, but I remember with my eight and my seven trying to set up a Google Home smart device. There was some kind of issue with the Bluetooth communication because it uses Bluetooth. Yeah. Like it would not work. No, I I remember, I remember like Joe always gave me crap about it because I'd go to set something up and he'd be like, Oh, you can't set up that that smart speaker with your OnePlus. Let me get my pixel. Yeah. Yeah. And like literally there's OnePlus forums where there are dozens and not hundreds of threads of people talking. OnePlus has never, never, publicly addressed it it's clearly i mean it was multiple oneplus phones I yeah had it wasn't just a single phone there's yeah. another app that does the same type of thing uh any kind of gps spoofing on oneplus i can't get it to work <laughs> now the app works and it says it's doing it but once i re- go back into the app i'm like out in the middle of the ocean or something and so trying to but i can't say what i use my my spoofing for i use it for one particular thing and the only reason i'm not saying it because it's like illegal or illicit or anything like that it's not bad actually um, it has to do, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it, um, uh, because I don't want the, um, the companies that, uh, allow this to happen to become aware. Um, it would help a lot of people out and I really would love to publish this and, yeah. and tell people like, Hey, here's a cool trick for this particular Just thing. Just do it on Reddit, man. <laughs> I don't care. No, I'm not worried about like them being like, ah, you're going to get in trouble. I wouldn't get in trouble. It's a, yeah. it's a nifty trick that yeah, a friend of ours true. figured out. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I, oh, I can't tell anybody because I, there, the tech exists easily for them to, to patch this oh, loop. Yeah. It's a loophole basically. And the, the tech exists for them to patch it. Yeah. And I don't want to draw any attention to it because I've been using it for a while. Uh, and it's only a handful of times a year. But it comes in super duper handy. Um, <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. And you can't ask me or maybe you could like DM me or something. I might tell you. I don't know. I'm scared for it to get out. I really the, am. Don't let the word get out. Man. I don't. It's it's too good. Uh, but I couldn't do it with my OnePlus because um, I would use the GPS, the same app. I've tried multiple of them. And it just it, it puts you other places. You just can't control where you are. Um, and most of the VPNs I use aren't as specific as I need it to be for this particular uh, thing that I'm doing. So, um, yeah, it's just another one of those things. Like for once, some reason one plus doesn't work, but I found a way to do it on Chromebooks now. And that's my go-to, yeah. my go-to yeah. method. It's much easier. It's a Chrome extension, uh, for spoofing your location. Um, and again, like I'm, I'm not condoning like breaking laws or anything like that in no. order to, to use location spoofing, but you know, for content sometimes, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to say I'm down in another city. Uh, whenever I want uh, some different programming on my television. No, you should just move. <laughs> you should just go there. Because <laughs> YouTube TV yeah. will, you where, wherever you are, you get to see yeah, those channels. It's that their channel, absolutely. You know, those channel locations. And sometimes I want to see some of those channels uh, a couple hours away. That's it. I'm not saying anymore. <clears throat> it's like right down the road. I'm not saying anymore. Whatever. Anyway, no more. So pixel, fold, dead. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, that, it, it's just really cool to see Google own it fix it and because bugs are going to happen uh john prosser did a video i I really appreciated this um because probably the last two years he's been really apple heavy oh yeah so he's you know he's become this apple leaker and all this kind of stuff front page tech is his youtube channel he leaked quite a bit he was the first one that leaked the uh renders of the pixel 6 like and the pixel watch that never came around um but he uh he's been so apple heavy and it's like i I get it you know if you 
that probably drives more views. And if that's the stuff you use and you're interested in it, go for it. Like that's, that's your thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what so, we do. We're, yeah. yeah. yeah like, so. People are going to hate on us for talking about Chromebooks all the time, whatever. Like that's what I like. That's what I use. That's what I'm going to talk about. So no, you know, props to him. I, I enjoy watching his stuff, but this was not a front page tech episode. Instead, it was him just talking to the camera and he, he made this really great, almost like essay about, uh, how Apple, it's just dropping the ball like lately. And he made this awesome point. He, he basically took you through how uh, Apple evolved under Steve Jobs and now what it is. Right. And the main issue, and I, I hadn't thought about this, but as he started talking, I'm like, you know what? You're exactly right. Multiple times, Steve Jobs was quoted saying that Apple is a, at its core is a software company. And it, software is the most important element to all this stuff, making sure the software is good, all this kind of stuff, making sure the software makes sense for the user. And and for a long time, I mean, don't, do you remember like the iPhone? I mean, get, go back to 3GS, 4, yeah, 5. That was when I had iPhones. Yeah. They didn't ship with bugs. No. Like you didn't ship, like big bugs didn't show up with iPhone launches. It just didn't happen. And he's making the point that now you got Mac bugs, like big sweeping bugs Yeah. to the point that subconsciously I hadn't even become aware of it. I watched this video and then Joe was getting ready to leave to go out to California. We have a Mac pro 2016 Mac pro. And then we've got our, our Mac mini that he does most of his work on. So he's getting ready to take the Mac pro making sure it's all updated and all that kind of stuff. And, and as he's doing so, um, has to take an update and realizes there's an update for the Mac Mac mini as well. Um, but we were editing the best of 2021, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, mm -hmm. um, video, which is a pretty heavy edit. And the initial reaction from both of us was don't, don't take that update yeah, until no. you're done. That's just not, that's not Apple that I I'm used to. Right. Cause we've had multiple issues with the MacBook where we would be getting ready to start a podca podcast and there'd be an update or it would shut down. It just, just bug it's buggy it yeah and you never buggy. know what's on the other side of that update right oh whoop whoops final cut doesn't work for right now we'll yeah. get it we'll get it patched up though yeah so maybe in a week yeah like that that's not workable for us we can't we can't go a week without final cut working like it's very central to the way that we do business so yep. it's like that's just different uh apple today is just different they don't they don't care as much they don't weigh in as heavily on um software and they're making arguably the best hardware they've ever made. The M1 Max and M1 Pro from all uh, reviews so far are legit. They're, they're crazy. Yeah. The, the the silicon they're making for their devices is insane. The the newest MacBooks, the notch is stupid. Don't get me started on that. Uh, like it, it, if the notch is there, it better have Face ID. It better have the same Face ID that makes the notch necessary on their phones. Right. It doesn't. It has a front-facing camera in it, and I'm like. And like a light sensor or something. It's so stupid looking. But, you know, apart from that, those new Macs look really sweet. And, you know, they made some moves hardware-wise that, you know, they added stuff back and made it look like they were, you know, delivering Christmas presents. You know, the stuff they took away, but they added it back and acted like they did yeah. something cool for yeah. you. Cutting edge. Yeah. Whatever. At least they're listening. They're making great hardware right now. The iPhones are awesome. I mean, like with their, whatever their ceramic glass stuff, like yeah. I've seen some crazy drop tests recently where they just fall on cement and don't do anything. Like it's crazy. Like they're, they're making great hardware right now and their software is 
an absolute mess yeah. uh, across the board. They just have bugs everywhere. And I don't know. That's just a, that's just a weird thing. And, and so thing to see is, Google juxtapose that yeah. whole thing with going like, we believe in these phones so much. We'll own it. Let's fix it. Let's get it going. Like, I fully believe the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro are good right now. They're going to be stellar in six months. Oh, absolutely. They're just going to keep knocking bugs out. And of that's them. the thing with Apple. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm not an Apple fan, but I feel like the people that live in the Apple ecosystem, if Apple would just continue to iterate on their devices and then bring some new features slowly into the ecosystem and just refine what they have, they'd be fine. But it feels like their software has taken a step back. And that's the problem. But then the 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 inability or the unwillingness to address the issues is where the problem is. Oh yeah. You know, so. they're, yeah. They're super stubborn when it comes to admitting that there's a problem. Yeah. And that's the issue there is if you don't admit that there's an issue, it's hard to fix it. Yeah. Like you have to, at least internally, you got to admit like, Hey guys, this is no good. We got to get on top of this. But then when you fix it and don't address it, no one knows that it got fixed. And so those new cycles just keep going and like, you're better off just to say, yeah, we, we, you know, we punted on yeah, that. We're one. not perfect. Let's try it. There's going to be bugs. I mean, software just keeps getting more and more complex. The mm-hmm. stuff we're doing on computers. I mean, consider where we've come in 20 years. You know? <laughs> we're watching the MediaTek thing yesterday. And uh, the guy that was mm-hmm. talking <laughs> referenced the first mobile chip that they shipped. It was how many nanometers? 60. Oh, 70 something. 75 or 76 nanometer. And talking about how excited they were. And now we're at what? Five. The ones are launching right now. Four. Four, na- four yeah. nanometer processes. So yeah. now, I mean. It's insane. Lossless data transfer is almost where we're at. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So it, it it's kind of mind boggling. And so because of that complexity comes more issues. It's just going to happen. It's just weird that Apple hasn't figured out a way to kind of mitigate those things. And then again, juxtaposed to that, you've got Google over here going like, hey, we'll own it. We're going to own it and we're going to keep fixing. And I think that's the right move for them. Uh, if they keep doing that. And they're marketing the Pixel Six. Like I saw that it's a, uh, it's the official um, fan phone of the NBA, NBA Two K, and yeah. then some other NBA. And then they have it's someone a big from, sponsorship. Yeah, someone from the Bucks is like their yeah, their, their guy their poster guy for it. So. Yeah, so I mean that, those are huge sponsorships. There's more commercials than I've ever seen for Pixel. Oh, like, yeah. I mean they're they're all in on this device, and and I think because of that, I think because they are so. Um, just bullish about making this thing succeed. I don't think they're going to be too shy about fixing things as they come up, like make this the best pixel experience possible. And because of that, I really do feel like pixels do get better with time. Anyway, the whole Mm -hmm. pixel drop idea, it's, it's the same kind of idea they have with Chromebooks. Like Chromebooks just keep getting better over time. Um, These Android phones actually do like pixels get better. Mm -hmm. Picking up a pixel four XL in 2020 was a much better experience than when we got them. Uh, when we were in New York for the event, like yeah. and it will be the same thing here. Like they're, they're having to wrangle a little bit more this time around because it's tensor and stuff, but they've been working on tensor for a long time. So it's not like it's new or they're not sure what to do. Like, right. And it wasn't like, it wasn't quite what Apple did with their M1 chip. They didn't completely reinvent the wheel no. here. They, they had a platform to work from. So, yeah. So I, I'm encouraged. Um, I'm glad to see that, that Google has, has fixed uh, some stuff already. I'm encouraged to feel like now that when, if something else pops up, they're going to fix it. And the more of these phones they sell, like the more that they get pushed out the door, uh, 
the more developers are going to realize like, Hey, we got to make sure that our stuff is, is working properly. Like I haven't had any issues. Have you with, uh, when you're using the, the pixel with, with apps, like just not working with tensor no. for some reason. No, not at all. Um, the only app I can think of that wasn't, that clearly wasn't, it's not anything. It was not optimized. It was just, I don't know. Wasn't seeing tensor as a legit processor or something. It was PUBG mobile. Right. Uh, PUBG mobile was, wouldn't let you turn the frame rates all the way up and stuff, but PUBG new state, don't care. Yeah, PUBG uh, and PUBG Mobile's notorious for that anyway. Yeah, so. they they lock, kind of lock their stuff down to only certain people. So, but PUBG New State is to me a graphically superior game by far, um, lighting effects and three D textures and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And so, it runs full tilt, no problem uh, on these phones. So, uh, I'm not worried about the uh, graphic capabilities of Tensor whatsoever. And you know all the the photo edits and stuff, which is kind of why they really put this in place. All the big photo editing things almost happen instantaneously. Like yeah. you get done taking a, a photo and whatever processing you had to do in the back end, by the time you click into that photo, it's almost already ready. And so all that stuff's just going to get better. And, and and I will say that I, I Robbie and I were talking about this the other day. I I don't take a ton of pictures with my OnePlus. Uh, if I need a feature image, I grab one of the pixels that's here. And then outside of work, uh, you know, I just take some pictures of the kids, which portrait mode on the OnePlus is good. It's not great, but mm-hmm. it, it's good enough. Uh, but it never makes me want to take photos. Uh, I, I'm never like, oh, man, I want to I want to take some pictures. The, the pixel changed that. I mean, I was oh, a, yeah. I was at a wedding with some friends over the weekend and uh, took some pictures of the bride and groom's first dance. And there was this one of the table uh, uh, settings had like these long black sticks in them, like part of the decorations. Yeah. I didn't realize it when I was snapping the photo that it was in there, but then looked down, it looked like the photo had a giant crack right down the middle. I was like, what in the world (laughs) was that stick? And sure enough, magic eraser tapped it gone. You would never know it was there. And then, we had an unfortunate incident here at the office the other day where there was a hole in the ceiling for some reason. We're not sure exactly. Round. Not sure how Round it hole. happened. Uh, it's roughly the size of a golf ball. It's probably a mouse. So just jo- jokingly took a picture of the ceiling and then erased the hole. It's not there anymore. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So if somebody uh, complains to be like, I took a picture there, I don't see a hole. Yeah, but just the point and click of the, the regular lens and the 4X and all that, it's just, it's so good. So yep. good. Yep, it, it, it is. Um, I took, I, mean, I don't think I've shown you this one. Um, I was driving out to a parent meeting. My, my daughter's going to start a compet volleyball team. And so I looked up and the sun was setting like almost like super dusk, but it was perfectly clear. Um, and so I just put the phone up right over my steering wheel, just press the capture button just to see what it would catch. Like, look at that. Photo. Yeah. I mean, it's unreal. That I'm driving crazy. down the road. Yep. Like in zero attention to detail, just point and click and it's it, it, it's unbelievable uh, how good the the camera is and it, again it's not leaps and bounds better than uh pixel 4xl or pixel 5 right for instance it's not um because i think people thought that like hey with tensor where this thing's going to come out of the gate and it's going to do camera stuff that we've never ever seen i'm like ah. I think we're getting the peak smartphone camera guys. Yeah. Cause that, and that's the thing. Cause pixel was already so good anyway. They were just using the old, it was more about the sensor. Honestly, yeah. they just, it allows them to tune things a little bit better. And it's not to say that they won't continue to improve the, the camera capabilities. I think more so we're going to see more and more features. You're going to be able to do more and more to yeah. where 
a DSLR cam DSLR camera is going to be useless for most people because you you know Robbie went out and did some astrophotography. At Tried his to house catch that and, eclipse last night. Yeah, but just stuff like that you're going to be able to do, and it's just going to do it for you. It's it's so much more about the AI and the computational photography than it is yeah. the power of the chip or what the chip can do. So, but I do think like. They're, they have some room to, to get better in the camera, or in the video camera yes. area. The video is better, way, way better than it's been. Uh, it's just not iPhone level. So we were watching a video from the guys at Moment that make those kind of attachable lenses. And they did a whole like feature video just shooting Pixel 6. They weren't even using their lenses the whole time. Um, and it was really striking. Like, it, was, it was a gorgeous video. Um, and so that tells me that they've come a long way. Like yeah. it looked great. But they did a similar thing with the iPhone 13 Pro Max, whatever. And it's just still a step above. There's something about the way it's it's similar to me to the way uh, probably Pixel 3 XL, maybe Pixel 2 XL, something like that. Uh, when when Google it felt like they just skyrocketed past everybody in the photos department uh, and everybody slightly started catching up. Like, I feel like iPhone did that with video. It's mm -hmm. like they were like, eh, we're not going to we'll work on catching Google on the photos thing we're going to go ahead and really lean into video yeah. and they did. And so they're, everyone will kind of catch up to that. And I think Google's algorithms, Google stuff. And with tensor, I, I do feel like the, these phones right now probably have all the hardware they need to make their video look closer to the quality that iPhone captures. Mm -hmm. Because when it comes down to it, it's a sensor, it's a lens, and then it's a processor. Well, those things don't have to change or get that much better to make a video capture better if the algorithms and software are better right. and, and better tuned to use. So like the, these sensors and lenses are obviously good. Like they can capture really great stuff. And already you have HDR net on, on the video portion of it, which is trying to use Google's HDR algorithm just during video, yeah. which is a lot of computational stuff. And Tensor is tuned to do this right. Well, they can just keep tuning it to do it better. Um, and over time, I do think, I think 100% they can catch Apple on this video front with their own silicon. Right, and that's what really it's all do. about. The, mo the more the, the tensor gets used, the more the, pro the lens gets used, it's all about that machine learning because the processor is then learning what is the expected output right. in this situation. Google, Google can't test all of that stuff on the front end, but as it learns and that AI and that machine learning learns, okay, you've got this type of lighting scenario that's not really normal. What do we need to do with this to make it look as crisp and realistic right. as possible? And that's just a matter of uh, machine learning, and that's honestly, that's what Google does best. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be interested to see, you know, probably in the spring, by the springtime, like where we're at yeah. as these pixel drops come in. Like, I, I fully expect some of them to show up and have some video. not just new features for the camera, but like improvements to the camera just in general. Like yeah. your images are going to look better. Like your video is just going to look better. I did notice a fun thing today. If uh, I was driving in the car, so it was hooked up to Bluetooth and I went to take a quick video. Uh, I don't know what I was doing. Oh yeah. I remember that there was a weird sound in my car. It was driving me. I, you know how like rattly things yeah. drive me nuts. And I'm like, what is this? And I, I was like, man, I'm going to have to go out to the dealership because it sounded like it was in the dash. I got out at the gas station and looked and there was a pretty hardy leaf that had its stem was stuck, you know, like, like a little grate that's behind your windshield wipers. It was yeah. stuck. And so it was sitting it down was just in flapping. there. Yeah. And it was, it was <laughs> thick enough that it sounded like a the whole time. But it, I couldn't believe that it was making that much noise on the outside. So when I pulled it out, I honestly didn't think I was like, there's no way that's making that sound. It 100% was nice. Uh, but 
I was getting ready to take a video to see if I could like look up in the grates where the defroster uh, is up in the front. And maybe there was something in there or something. Uh, and so when I flipped the camera open, uh, uh, thing popped up and said, you're using uh, Bluetooth, hit the gear so you can actually change your input, your audio input uh, on the Pixel's camera. Finally, like nice. I know that was a, that was probably a thing that worked on other manufacturers phones, but Pixel Camera has never let you choose yep. your audio source. And I'm like, thank you. Yep, because we've tried to use them before yeah, off-site off for we needed things. It to, you know, we needed it in the mic. Yep. like and couldn't do we it. Couldn't do it. And yep. so now we can do that. So yeah. that's kind of cool to know, like on the show floor somewhere, we need to make a quick video if we have our mic with us or something or whatever. We can we can use a, an external mic, which yep. would be really dope. Yep. All right, guys, well, we're about ready for a break, but before we do, we got one more Pixel thing to talk about. Uh, I mentioned it just a, a few minutes ago, but uh, for all intents and purposes, for the time being, the Pixel Fold may be dead, or is dead, or delayed. Uh, I'm going to call it dead. Yeah, my my guess is whatever iteration that was coming is been scrapped. Um, yeah, um, so. and, and apparently the insiders are saying that because... Um, Google sees it's still a niche uh, yeah, area. Absolutely it is. Um, clearly they're focused on pixel six. Uh, it's a niche area. They don't feel like they can compete in right now. That's again, this isn't from Google. This is a source, uh, but the uh, DSCC or DCSS, I don't know the company that they, they, all they do is talk about supply chain for display. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah display right, supply, yeah. something, something I can't remember what it stands for, but whatever. They're clearly highly embedded into all of the, the, supply chain stuff with with displays um that's the internet you can be that niche yep that's kind of how we are um and so they they basically confirmed that all the display pieces that google would need to build this phone have been halted like yeah. they not halted and they can't get them like google said nah we don't want them like yeah. cancel the orders we're, we're backing out so and th this is just just wishful thinking on my part and i have nothing to back this what back this up whatsoever but out of the gate the pixel 6 uh, was sold out and you couldn't get it. The shipping was weeks out, even with, well, I think Josh doesn't even have his yet. Yeah, does my he? wife still didn't have hers yet. Yeah. Either. So, and you all ordered them a couple of weeks ago, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was a solid month when I ordered hers, you know, then there was the report that Google had put in an order for 7 million more. And, uh, my hope is that Google is having a, just a monumental, sales with the pixel six and pixel yeah. six pro probably the six i bet the six is selling hot, like hotcakes especially when you yeah. can practically get it for free at most carriers uh this the they're already gone on sale at best buy yeah uh, so they're 100 bucks off yeah kinda. If, if you do activation with a certain carrier get you 100 yeah if you new line with t-mobile get you 150 verizon you can upgrade or new line it's 100 off at&t's new line only 150 off yeah so it's, but it's super weird you know the google store was out of stock within days uh google fire was out of stock uh, my hope is it's not just supply chain issues it's the popularity of the phone has skyrocketed even more so than what Google could have anticipated. And hopefully they've just said, look, the pixel fold just doesn't need to be a priority right now because yeah. it is such a niche and it's not going to be a big sell. E even if the pixel six was the greatest phone in history, the folds not going to have that type of impact on the market that the pixel six has. No, let's focus on tweaking this phone and making the seven even better and then we'll look 
we'll look and see where the fold market is at that point in time. Because yeah. right now, honestly, Samsung's the one doing it. I mean, it's the the weirdest part of all this, though, is the whole 12, 12L update. So yeah. they made a big deal about 12L. They they kind of showed had video like talking about it. Like they made they made a bit of a big deal about it for a mid cycle update for Android, and it clearly has got a lot of stuff in there for folding right. screens and so it, it seemed to fall completely in place it's like well of course they're going to do this they're right. getting ready to launch their own folding phone like they want to have this yeah. and that's like oh but then you get uh, whatever the twitter or whatever interaction between samsung and google's official oh, accounts yeah. and they're playing back and forth about android l it, the android l in the foldable space is clearly being driven by samsung oh I mean, yeah 100 you know and it's just and honestly, that's not a bad thing. Samsung has the clout, the capability, and the technology to do it. Let them solidify the space so other people, you know. And let's be honest. From all we could tell, like, it was going to use a Samsung screen. It was going to use Samsung Glass. It was, gonna, there was, some oh, it was Samsung. It was, a, it was a rebranded fold. That's I mean, kind of what it started <laughs> to sound like. And it's like, for people like me, that sounds super interesting. Only because... I love the idea of having a fold. I really do. I, I, I kind of would like to have one. I just don't want to deal with Samsung's software. Right. And what I've heard is that their uh, version of 12 uh, is going to be way less um, overbearing. Like if like they, they've calmed down some of the stuff. Like every year it seems like they, they pull their talons out a little right. bit of Android. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe when... Have they, they haven't updated to Android 12 yet, have they? I don't think so, no. So, I mean, who knows? With the 12L update, maybe the Fold tries to take a more mainline approach right. and, and stops trying to Samsung everything up. Um, maybe and, it's something I could try, you know. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I get Samsung. They have their own ecosystem, browsers, IoT, smart devices, and all that stuff. And Android is 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 uh, licensed. You can you can. Do whatever you want to with it, as long as it, as long as Google's okay with whatever you're planning on doing. But the, I just don't see any reason to make the Android ecosystem on your device locked into that type of the 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 bloatware and the skins. I mean, yeah. One Plus is one of the cleaner ones. Uh, yeah, it still has its things, but for the most part, I can I can remove stuff from my phone and wipe it down, and and I've got a relatively pure android experience yeah. and i feel like that's what people are really wanting i know there are people that that are diehard samsung just like they are apple and they're used to using certain things but they've probably never used anything else to realize right how much nicer it is when it's just a clean android experience well, and, and i'm i'm all for like make your own apps and all that kind of stuff great let me just let me uninstall them that's yeah. all i'm asking yeah. let me uninstall all the samsung stuff uh i don't want your samsung app store not interested. I don't want your Samsung calendar, Samsung messages. Yeah. <laughs> like all of them. I want all that stuff off. Yep. The UI doesn't bother me. Like I've gotten over that part. Like I don't need the UI to match exactly what Google does with their UI. Right. I like what Google does with their UI, but I was fine with what OnePlus does. I'll get used to it. I'm not worried yeah. about that. Uh, my biggest concern is just all these apps that want to force themselves to take the place of, I want to use Google apps. That's, that's the, crux of all of it i just i want to use google's calendar app i want to use gmail i want to use google messages i want to use google keep i don't want samsung notes i don't want samsung's calendar samsung's messages i don't want any of those things and samsung makes a pretty good stinking camera too like they're always up there in the conversation you you're yeah you compare pixel samsung and and apple like that those are the three you talk about and then they do some great stuff with video too like 
it's really interesting to check out like yeah. and, and look at but there's just certain stuff that they almost like it makes it hard not to use samsung stuff and i don't want that like yeah. uh, you know i i just don't like even apple honestly i can get an iphone and i don't have to use all apple stuff i yeah. can for the most part i can google a, a google apple word, yeah. phone to to an extent yeah. there's some limitations there but I, I don't know. And, and then Google, Android phone. On, yeah, on Google's side, they need to work out a way to license the Google phone app to other manufacturers well, that, the, that want to use it. The, the, just the phone? You, you're talking about the yeah. phone? Um, it, does your, you don't have the Google phone? I do have the Google phone, but it's still limited. They, it doesn't have all the fun yeah, Pixel they, stuff. Yeah, you, they, should, they should license out the Pixel stuff is what I should say, you know. I was going to say, my AT, I think, got the, the Google phone. Yeah, the, I, the I have the Google phone, and I, I've even installed Gcam, the Google camera, stuff like that. But just make it to where, hey, you, you manufacturers, we have this. This is ours. If you want that, you can license it separately from yeah. Android. You know, because I would, if this had all the, the Pixel phone features, probably would be 100% content with this phone. Yeah. So, anyway. anyways, guys, that that's about it for Pixel because that's forty five minutes worth of Pixel stuff for you. So we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. This episode is brought to you by Visor for Chromebooks. Is your school district going one-to-one? Do you manage thousands of Chromebooks or other IT assets like projectors and smartboards? If so, you'll want to listen to this. Visor is a Chromebook management solution that seamlessly integrates with the Google Admin Console and your student information system, now including PowerSchool. With Visor for Chromebooks, you can easily see which student has which Chromebook, manage repairs, and even automate disabling lost or stolen devices while notifying parents all in one click. To find out more, do a Google search right now for Visor for Chromebooks. That's V-I-Z-O-R for Chromebooks, or click the link in the show notes. And we're back, and for the second half of this episode, we're actually going to talk about Chromebooks. Yay! Because that's what we do. So we just wrapped up the best of 2021 video, and uh, um, it was a good one. It was a really yeah. good one. So. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's honestly, it feels like just like last year it was, where I know there's a bunch of Chromebooks like just right on, there. Yeah, they're right on the edge. So we kind of wanted to wait as long as we could because uh, we didn't know if the list would change. Uh, there's even still some 11th gen Intel devices we're expecting to show up yeah and, and it's so hard because i mean theoretically i mean we could delay this video and do the yeah, best never, of 2021 at the beginning of 2022 the problem is we're we're coming into the holiday shopping season yep. and this is when people need to know and want to know what what's the best device to look for yep. you know so it, it's hard to wait we, we honestly waited a little bit longer than we wanted to uh so manufacturers if you're listening and you want to you know flip up the release cycle that'd be great yeah, getting stuff out uh, late summer, early <laughs> fall is uh, preferable. Yeah, and and we've seen like Chromebooks don't need pomp and circumstance to be announced. No. I mean, the CX fifty four hundred, for instance, like it just showed up yeah. one day, you know, and like it wasn't part of their CES thing, but it showed up around the same time as some of their other devices. Like it, and it's fantastic. It's honestly one of my favorite. It, it almost is. won 
number one Chromebook yeah, for me. It is uh, so it's, close. It's very close. Uh, but before we get into uh, some of the thoughts on on some of these Chromebooks, uh, one this has nothing to do with Pixel necessarily, but the idea that Android 12L has no um, flagship device to attach to anymore. I'm sure Samsung and Google are working together for their fold yeah. to, for 12L, but there was part of 12L. I, I thought about this when we were on break. There's part of 12L that uh, obviously is focused on Chromebooks and Android apps on Chromebooks and Android apps on bigger screens. But during the 12L announcement, like they made a pretty big deal about Chromebooks the entire time. They talked about Chromebooks. They talked about big screens. They talked about, mm-hmm. hey, here's even more tools, developers, to make your apps work really well on Chromebooks. And so our hope is that as 12L rolls out, like the biggest uh, benefactor here becomes Chromebooks. That, right. They, they're the one that benefit the most uh, from from developers having a reason to focus on larger screens and think about what your app is doing on larger screens. Because honestly, the the Samsung Galaxy Folds and the the what's the thing called the same uh, Microsoft makes that uh, Surface Duo. Duos, yeah. you know, especially the Duo Two is like they fix a lot of the hardware issues, but then cause themselves new issues. Like they just it looks it's a weird looking device now. Um, with the big camera hump on the back, it, like it doesn't close all the way. Yeah, the and, and like, not and like we talked about before, folding folding devices are such a niche, and probably will be for the foreseeable future. I mean, it's, I think so. Yeah. It's going to be a long time before everyone's walking around with a foldable foldable device, if ever, because there there there'll be something new that happens. There's yeah. going to be some kind. You know, we'll have holographic phones or right. or something like that. You know, because uh, I think Chrome, like the, the 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 flippy Samsung. See, I like the flip. I think that that's one that has way more mass appeal. But it doesn't need a new version or take on Android. It's basically you're just clamping down your your big phone that you don't. Yeah, it just works like a regular phone. Yeah. So, so 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 I agree. You know, Chrome OS is not going anywhere, and Chromebooks are expanding exponentially. Even with the slowed sales that everybody's talking about, they're still growing exponentially, and more and more consumers are getting on board with them because they realize they do everything they want to do. They're safe, secure. They run Android apps, so Google needs to get developers, however they need to do it, to get them on board to say, this is what we're going to develop our apps for, period. Right. I mean. And and I, I feel like every year it seems like Google just keeps bending over backwards to be like, hey, here's more tools to make it really easy for your Android apps to work well on Chromebooks. And so, I mean, at some point, the onus has to end up being on developers. Yes. To, to or... Man, I don't know. Like you can't, I don't know how you can ignore the segment anymore. Like there's too many Chromebooks in the world for you to just be like, Oh, I didn't even think about it. Like how, how did you not yeah. think about it? There are millions of Chromebooks. It's changed so much in five years to where we've said this before, but I used to think, Hey, I could walk down on the square and wait for a hundred people to walk by me. I might be down there for a little bit, but wait for a hundred people to walk by and ask all of them. Have you heard of a Chromebook or used a Chromebook before? And maybe ten of them would say yes to that. That's question. what I was going to say. Ten percent is. What I bet I now eighty percent would say that. Yeah, would say yes Easily. at least. Yeah, um, and, and so that's a pretty massive change, not in just basic numbers, but also in in uh, the the number of people that have adopted it and the number of people that have one in their house now. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of people using Chromebooks. Android app developers, you're missing a segment if you're not thinking about what you can do with your app on a big screen. It doesn't have to just be for Chromebooks, but spend some time thinking about it because. There's a keyboard and a, a trackpad attached to all of them. Even yep. the detachable ones spend a lot of time with a keyboard attached. So what else could you do with those applications 
to break into a, a segment that has millions of users that may not have an Android phone. Don't forget that. They yep. might be using an iPhone. So they have zero visibility to your app at all until they get that Chromebook. And so that might be the way that you get a hold of them. So yep. if and any, guess what? Anyone's Google listening. is curating the Play Store for large devices. So yeah, you get a Chromebook and you fire up the Play Store, you're going to get a whole list of suggested apps based on the device you're using, not the phone you're using. Exactly. So, so there's good reason. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I, that the whole 12L thing is real weird when you're like, well, what the heck do they make a big deal about 12L for? Well, there's a bigger picture Absolutely. than just foldable phones. Like clearly it, it has to do with foldable stuff too, but it's big screens in general. So back to uh, Chromebooks of 2021. So if we start with the low end, uh, I got this pulled up because there are so many Chromebooks. Uh, matter of fact, Joe took some photos of, of three Chromebooks they had just kind of sitting out in like a display thing at the MediaTek yeah. thing. The first one, I was like, yeah, that's not new. Okay, that one's not new. But, ooh, what's that Asus there? And as he got closer and saw the model number, and I'm like, oh, that, that's the... So there's a detachable CM3, then there was a flip CM3. Yeah. It was a CM3. Um, and so, and Joe was like, oh, it's this, this, this. And he's saying all that stuff. And I sent him the video that he, you know, shot and produced about that Chromebook. Right, yeah. And he was like, oh. It's been in the office so for many, a year. So many, so many Chromebooks. <laughs> so many. Of them. It, yeah, and it's hard because like they use different model numbers. Like you know, they have the 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 retail marketing name, and then they have the model name. So it's the Flip CM3, but it's the CM3200. Yeah. So you see 3200, you're like, wait, what is that? What is that? It's it's same. It's it same. same. Yep, same thing. So. Um, so we threw into this one in the affordable category. Uh, so under 350, you really want to get the best of like. The ones with the better screens are the ones with better like input methods because cheap Chromebooks can be cheap. I mean, it's not surprising. Um, so they, they could feel bad to use and all that kind of stuff. But we put the Acer 317, so the big 17-inch uh, monster. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Something just auto-played on. Um, so the 17-inch uh, Acer, uh, because it's got a good screen, it's a big kind of workstation, and it can be had for less than 300 bucks constantly. Um the Galaxy Chromebook Go, mainly because, I mean, A, to, you know, to be frank, we haven't had one. Like, yeah. I've not seen one. Uh, but Samsung always makes good-selling low-end Chromebooks. Yeah. They have. They always have. And so, uh, like, the the Samsung Galaxy Chromebook 3 was one of the best-selling Chromebooks ever made. And it no, was no, always on sale. Samsung Chromebook 3. What did I say? Galaxy. Galaxy sorry. Chromebook, Samsung yeah, Chromebook. Chromebook 3. They haven't made that one yet. Uh, yeah. Super cheap. Like, I hated that device, to be honest with you. Um but it sold like crazy. And so there's something to be said for people just buying Samsung stuff. And so, and, and the four, the four and the four plus, they were so just They're absolutely forgettable. The screens weren't good, no. but there's nothing about the device where you're like, Oh, this is hot trash. I mean, it's Samsung. So it looks a little better than regular yeah. cheap Chromebooks. And there are some things that are likable about it and it's just affordable. And I mean, again, I, it's, it's, the Samsung effect. It'd be the same thing if Apple made lots of different products. Like uh, Samsung makes some really nice Chromebooks. Samsung makes some really, really nice uh, laptops. I got my hands on a their Pro, whatever they're calling it, their Windows device. That yeah, the Galaxy Book. Yeah, yeah. Holy moly! What a nice piece of hardware. Yeah. I mean, just just gorgeous, thin, oh, so pretty. Um, and so they make those types of devices. So when they make something that still, even though it's all plastic, kind of has some of the same aesthetic look and has that Samsung logo, yep. people are just more inclined to buy that than something else because at least when they're pulling out their dirt cheap Chromebook, 
it's got Samsung on it. Yep. It's it's brand awareness. It's just one of those things. And so even though we didn't have a go in the office, we threw it on there because people feel comfortable buying it. And they've had such such success with making uh, affordable Chromebooks. It's like it it does have some aesthetic appeal. Like it's a good looking little Chromebook. Um, and you know it's Samsung, so. Uh, it'll it'll be around for a long time, yeah. and then I am still I'm a little surprised that they've kind of folded everything into the Galaxy because you know you think Samsung Galaxy and you think premium, yep. But it's kind of cool too. I mean, if they start branding all of their Chrome OS devices, you know, maybe they come out with a Galaxy Chrome OS tablet. You know, that but having awesome. that Galaxy name on there, it's good. People are going to buy them. Yeah, they just are. I yep. mean, yep. It helps people. I don't know. Feel like oh, that's. That's this thing I understand and know. Yeah, so I mean, it's like when the iPhone SE came out, right. you know, there's nothing spectacular about this phone. It's a year old chip, whatever. It doesn't do anything that any of the, but it's budget friendly and it's Apple iPhone. So yep. that's know, enough. I'm going to buy it. Um, and then we threw in, what was the last one? Oh, the Chromebook 11A. So the MediaTek processor, yeah. little blue guy that we did a quick review on. Um, good little Chromebook. Like it's got a, a nice little trackpad. The blue color is kind of striking. Just like most Chromebooks in this range, it doesn't have a great screen, um, just kind of the way it is. But, um, you know, it, it felt really good to use. And again, it's the MediaTek 8183, so that means Android apps run just a little bit better on it than other things. But the winner here, um, and it was weird to, to crown so the winner so again, funny. is the, the Duet. And it's still, like, it's always on sale. Yeah, and, and we're talking about the original Duet, yeah. the 10.1-inch yeah. one, not the new Duet 5. So it is, yeah. yeah so. Uh, and so it's always sub-300 for the higher-spec model, you know, it's and it's the screen. Uh, when it comes down to it, it's the so screen and, and just the overall build. Like, when you take it out of all of its casing and hold the tablet, it's like, man, for something that's 300 bucks or less a lot of days, I, you just don't usually get this kind of quality. Like, it moves around fast enough to do most of your stuff. Mm -hmm. Our kids, my kids have loved theirs. Like they use them all the time um, for school stuff and they've just been good. And so, you know, until hopefully uh, there's a couple Chromebooks I'm, I'm looking at that I'm like, man, this, that could replace the Duet. I don't know. Um, there's some other detachables right now. There's, there's not a ton uh, more that haven't come out, but there's some more detachables coming, but they're all Snapdragon right. uh, at the time, like for right now. So one of those I've I've looked at, I'm like, that one could be a Lenovo device. I could see it being the uh the new smaller duet with you know, put the Snapdragon seven C in there. And honestly with what they've done with the Duet five, you know, having another small form factor out for, for kids in an affordable range could be a really good fit. The Gen two Snapdragon has has been really impressive mm -hmm. for, for me. Um, I, or really, the or the new it. mid range MediaTek they come that's, out with a that's 10. what I'd rather see. Yeah, I want to see the eighty one ninety two or the eighty one ninety five in tablets. Uh, yeah. we need to see that in tablets. But there's a pretty particular way I can search the repositories to find new detachables, and I haven't seen them yet uh, because they have to make a new keyboard to go with them. They don't. They make a new baseboard for the keyboards that, right. that match these, and so it's pretty quick to look and find. Oh, there's a new keyboard. It goes to something. What's it go to? There's, here's a new detachable. This and so I think there's yeah. three that we've we've been tracking that still aren't out yet. Um, but they're all Snapdragons right now. So I I I think the keyboard thing because they're all based on Hammer. So Hammer is the main baseboard. Like right. Every detachable keyboard is based on Hammer. Uh, because it's so far along now, it's not like there's a laundry list of commits that have to be made 
to work with like they can make that in pretty short order now yeah yeah so like if if there's a company making a detachable they don't have to go make that keyboard immediately so but i i, I don't know i don't think we're going to see the new mediatek chips in detachables before next year uh, i don't think there's any chance yeah of that. i think how many let's see we've had this year so the duet came out whew, oh, january 2020 almost two years almost ago. two years ago yeah so the cm3 came out this year even though it could have come out a year ago, it can it, it was actually released in 2021. Yep. So you had yep. the CM3, you had the Duet 5, you had HP's uh, X211. X211. That's the only tablets we have, right? Yep. And so there's uh, the other three code names are Worm Dingler, <laughs> um, Mr. Bland, and shoot. What is the other one? on it. I don't know. You find that. I'm going to um, have to get it. So my point being is, you know, we originally had the original HPX2 and it was the only tablet around. Then you had yeah. the Slate. Then you had the Duet. Um, it's kind of just been one every year yeah, or so. just a couple. We had three this year. Yep. Now we have multiple processors to run these platforms with the Snapdragon and the multiple MediaTek. And, and I mean, honestly, they could still do a fanless Intel if they wanted to. I, I just, just haven't written that piece yet. They really should. Yeah. Like, there's no reason there shouldn't be Jasper Lake. I mean, tablets. that could be an all. You take the duet and put a, not even a Jasper Lake, you put the fanless Tiger Lake that's in this. Oh, the, or, yeah. You're talking, you know, another slate. Or maybe like that. Ooh, the perfect chip, I think, would be the Pentium. Yeah. The Pentium Gold. The Pentium Gold. Or even Pentium Silver. You're talking about a device that will liter- can literally be your all-in-one for everything. Oh, yeah. So, but... So we had three this year, but the the development cycle is accelerating. We have a lot more chips for them to choose from. I feel like next year we'll probably see a similar number, three to five maybe tablets, detachables, as they yeah. test out the space to see how it's doing. And then if it's gaining speed and, and uh, Android 12L is, is uh, coming along nicely with Chrome OS tablets and stuff, I think then this space could explode. Yeah, and, and I think it, so. it could become what Android tablets used to be. Yeah, because they're mostly dead, not all dead. I could dead. be wrong. Maybe there's only two more that were that were tracking. Probably just so making stuff up. Uh, <laughs> so Mr. Bland and Worm Dingler. Uh, Trogdor is the main baseboard. I don't know what happened to Pom Pom. Remember Pom Pom? Yeah, Pom Pom. Uh, I don't know. If maybe, I don't know. Maybe it is something. Uh, there's another Pascal. What was that? Maybe this is a detachable. Let's see. Pascal. What do I know about it? Uh, Mm, That's the thing. There would be a keyboard to go with it. And I know there's no keyboard to go with it. So uh, your your Snapdragon tablets at this moment are um, uh, Coach Z, which is the X211, uh, Homestar, which is the Duet 5, and then you've got Mr. Bland and Worm Dingler. I think those are the only ones that are detachable. The rest of these are going to end up being some sort of probably there's probably some edu ones that kind of stuff um so yeah i'm i'm really eager to start seeing some stuff about the 8192 and 8195 like tablets detachables i I just this this chipset is just made for this kind of stuff right both of these chipsets are the 8192 is probably going to be what the the 7c gen 2 is and then some like a little bit better which i think is a real nice sweet spot and then the 8195, I'm just not even sure how to categorize it. Like, it will be, by far, it'll be the most powerful ARM processor we've had in a Chromebook. I just, I want to know what that means. Like, what's that going to feel like? Is it going to be like, 
we're using a core processor or like what are we talking here so uh, i'm super interested in in seeing that but for the time being you know i'm, I'm really happy with the do f5 which we're going to talk about here in just a second yeah you look like you found something. I did, but I can't say it. <laughs> I can't. Well, we're, we'll have to discuss this afterwards. Just uh, stay. If you're listening to this and you haven't been on the site today, check it out because there'll be some breaking news here momentarily. Uh, yeah, yeah, very fun. interesting. Cool. I want to end yeah. the podcast and talk so, now. Okay. Uh, yeah. But we can't do I'm that. I'm going to leave yet. Robbie in suspense. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> would you find? <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. So then we move on to the mid range. So uh, 350 to 650 is that what i did yeah I 49 650 no no we did 699 no yeah 350 to 649 right so right. 650 up is the the high end um and I, I i said this in the video um i i will hold to this i i think it's just the this is the meat you know like this is the main place where chromebooks thrive yeah there's probably more of the low end ones out there just because of education but when we talk consumer chromebooks if you go to best buy and start looking around like this is the price range where I think Chromebooks flourish because you're getting some much better hardware and the prices are still way cheaper than what you would purchase like a Windows device or a Mac or anything yes. like that. And so in this one, we've got uh, the Duet 5, which I just mentioned, the Lenovo Flex 5i, the HP Chromebook X211. Um, and honestly, we could have thrown other ones in there as well, especially when we think of sale prices. The MSRPs are what kind of threw some of this off. So yeah, it, it was weird because um, last year we did six forty. Did we do six forty nine? Six forty nine, but we did. We stopped at three hundred for the affordable right. ones. And it was weird because a lot of your flagships are at six twenty nine. Was the number last year? Yeah, remember? they're that was at the, six ninety nine now, yeah. but they're always on sale. So it, it's tough. Like the the flagship, the HPX three sixty, right now is like two hundred fifty dollars off. Right. But retail, it's a seven hundred dollar price. Right. Yeah, so it's, it's we've weird. got one sitting over there. We finally got one. From oh yeah, HP, that's right. uh, And it's it's pretty much the the X three sixty fourteen C. You know, just V two. They changed a couple little aesthetic things, but it's the same formula. Aluminum chassis, really nice build quality, great keyboard, trackpad, fingerprint scanner, a screen that I wish got fifty to hundred nits brighter. It's a two hundred fifty nit screen that looks great. It just needs to be a little brighter. We're going to keep saying this until it happens. If you're making a flagship device, and by flagship, we mean... For Chromebooks, it's in this category. If yeah, you're going to come this, in this category, category is, at the higher end of this yeah, category. Yeah, so I, it's premium. Uh, what does uh, Google calls them? Some of the plus devices fall in this category, yeah. but it's plus premium. You get some aluminum. You get, uh, you know... Uh, Intel processors, or if it doesn't have an Intel processor, it's got a killer display. What if it's in this range? It needs a 300 nit yeah, display. Yeah, 300 period. needs to be the bottom. Uh, Just that that, and there's plenty of them yeah. out there. So stop. And HP like is the only yet. one doing it. I know. Well, the Flex 5i, it, it's 250 again, I think. And yet their screen looks better. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's yeah. it's a lot cheaper. The MSRP oh, yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Granted, it comes with a Pentium. But don't be fooled. The the Pentium Gold, the 11th Gen Pentium Gold versus a 11th Gen Core i3, not that different. Um, so it's a Pentium 8, 128, I think, uh, for the, the entry level. And it's like 419 or something. So MSRP is $200 less. And I think even if you go up to the i3, which is what the HP's got, it's still like $120 or $150 less every day, not just on sale. So, right. Uh, it get to me that's at, at the low end of this price spectrum. Two hundred fifty nits is fine. If you're going to get into that six hundred to seven hundred dollar price range, you got to put a three hundred nit screen in there. Uh, you can't get away with that. But 
again, like I said, a lot of devices could be on this list and there's little reasons, little nitpicky reasons why they're not. So to me, the Chromebook Duet 5 has been fantastic. Like, I'm not kidding. Um, I, I keep whatever device, like we've got so many reviews to do, but this, it's the end of the year. So it's it was more pressing for us to get best Chromebooks out and some of these other things that we're going to do. Like we had to get that stuff out the door before we get a review of one Chromebook out. They take reviews, just take time. But like, I need to review the CX-9. I need to review the 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 Flip CX-5400. Uh, we need to do our technical review of the Flex 5i. But like the Flex 5i and the X360 14C, they're so similar to what came last year. So it's like a lot right. of manufacturers, and the, even the Spin 713, they all three took a working formula from last year and just you know changed a couple things and swapped the processor out and move forward. Yep. Which is what I would say to do. Like if you have a Chromebook that sells well, don't go and change everything about it. Just fine tune. Uh, the 713 this year is better than the one last year. The 14C to me it feels almost identical. Yeah. Like it just barely feels. There was like something that was different about it. I, I think the bottom the on this one's plastic. Or something. I, yeah, yeah, it's a little darker. Uh, the the hinges are a different color, but it feels very quality, just like last year's did. Uh, the Flex 5i, I think, is the exact same thing with a paint job. Like, yeah, the paint's different. That's I it. I don't think one of them, anything one is One of different. them's uh, Abyss Blue, and the other one is, is that, that gray. Gray color. Gray or yeah, whatever. like it, and it, it feels great. I think the keyboard feels a little tighter on this one. Like, I like the keyboard a bit better on the Flex 5i, but it, we're talking nominal differences oh, yeah, and changes yeah. here. Um, and the price stayed pretty close for them on that one, too. Uh, again, it, it bumps down to a Pentium Gold, but the Pentium Gold 11th Gen is silly fast uh what was my point here um but yeah we've got all these reviews to do of all these chromebooks so whatever i'm trying to work on i'm trying to work on getting my thoughts together on multiple chromebooks um so that when we're ready to kind of get back into review patterns i can just we can knock them out fast um so i've kind of got my my things formulated about them i'll put it back on my desk for a day and remind myself yes this is where my thoughts and then we'll do the review the, the Duet 5 has been the device that I actually carry home with me every day. Right. So I, I've i my backpack has been sitting over there for the last two weeks, I think. I haven't even taken my backpack home. Which is weird. He always carries it. I always have it. It's like his because I always have to have a Chromebook. Yeah. And then yeah, I got all my extra stuff in there. But what I've been attempting to do basically is say, okay, what would it be like to just have this thing and, and walk out the door? And it's been great. Like It's actually been awesome to use at home. I've written some articles on it at home. I've... You know, the trackpad's not the best. And so if I know, like over the weekend, I'll take my little Logitech mouse. I'll just put it in my pocket and take it home with me. So I've got it there if I need to sit down for an hour or two at the at the desktop, basically. Um, but for the most part, it's it's hopping on and doing a couple things. It's searching through the repositories. It's doing some basic quick things. Um, and it's just been awesome. Uh, consuming contents on it is great. Um mm-hmm. The screen is, is gorgeous to look at. It plays games really well. Like I can play New State on it. Uh, I need to check. They've updated New State like three times. Maybe the gy- yeah. maybe the gyro is working. Who knows? Um, but for whatever reason, doesn't recognize gyro and New State for right now. But it plays it really well. Yeah, uh, I can crank the settings up pretty high. Um, and so once that's a thing, like I wouldn't mind playing New State on there on a regular basis. I like being able to see on that. Yeah, big screen. I would love to be able to play on a on a tablet regularly. That yeah. would be. You so should cool. try it because you don't use gyro. No, I so don't. For me, it's like turning that back off, and I, we've we've talked about that on here. Like turning it off, it's like it hurts my brain. I keep turning the thing; and it's not <laughs> turning. And so, Robbie's like falling out of his chair and stuff. It's not doing that. anything. 
so. but yeah, watching, catching up on YouTube videos, uh, looking stuff up, Android apps, all that kind of stuff. It has been awesome to be able to walk out of here with this thing that's the size of like a little notebook and just walk out. Um, so I've been super impressed with it. Uh, as a matter of fact, it'll probably be the first review we do when we get out of the everything else mode that we've been in uh, here lately. And so uh, it's definitely on this list. Um, to be honest, if if a couple other Chromebooks didn't exist that just are faster and are probably better Chromebooks, it would have won this category for me. Yeah. Uh, but at 500 bucks, there's so much good stuff you can get, uh, like all these other ones I've talked about. The Flex 5i is great. The X211 is is really good. I wish they would have put the Gen 2 processor in that thing. Yeah. It, it makes a it difference. It makes that much difference. It really does. In, in the Duet 5, granted, it's only 1080p, and the X2 is pushing Quad HD. So I'm, that's probably part of it as well. But the X2 feel, always felt a little sluggish to me. Um, and I don't know. I like the Duet. I really do. Uh, the The wider base of the keyboard makes it easy to type in my lap. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, to me, I didn't think this would be the case. I do. I just like it a little bit better. But both these tablets are in this space uh, for good reason. They're in that price range. They're great devices. They're really flexible. The Flex 5i is in this range. And a lot of the flagship devices that we've talked about go on sale to be in this range, but it oh, makes, yeah. it, makes yeah. it difficult. But the winner here, I, I feel like no doubt, has to be the the CX-5, the bigger CX-5, uh, the 15.6-inch. It's been out for a little while. Crazy fast. It's got a nice screen on it. Again, it's it's 250 nit. Right, uh, but it's it's the perfect balance because it, it retails for 569. Yeah, so, so it's, it's in this range period, right. and it's in the middle of this range. Yeah, it's in the middle of the range, so it's already retailing much cheaper than the ones that are in the higher end of this range, but it strikes the perfect balance of, uh, I mean, everything. There's nothing that you're on that device that you're like, oh, this is bad. It has a backlit keyboard. The build quality is really good. The mm-hmm. screen, even though it's 250, looks great. It does. Uh, you get the bigger desktop, so pe- for people that want a larger desktop or a numeric keypad, it's all there. Great speakers, looks. too really good and that i3 it doesn't have the g7 graphics but it's a monster it is i mean super fast it's going to do anything that you want to do plenty of ports um it's convertible usi like it's got it all uh it's it's really nice asus asus is to me like manufacturer of 2021 for chromebooks which they just came out of nowhere they've been kind of sleeping on chromebooks and just like really really crushed it so uh, and then we gave an honorable mention to the chromebase 22 it's not a chromebook but it's easily the coolest piece of hardware that came out this year in the Chrome OS world. Uh, yeah, just probably mo- most innovative and, and just, just u- cool. unique device. Just cool. Uh, yeah, uh, watch our that. review yeah. um, if, if you haven't yet. It's such a cool device. Um, HP has been gracious enough to let us keep ours here. So as like right now, I feel like we're in a weird rut with Chrome OS just in general because we're waiting to get on that four-week cycle. We're waiting to detach lacrosse, basically. Like there's some big shifts changing and none of that i don't think is the dust won't settle from all that until probably january right um and then i think we'll start seeing new features come back again um but we just kind of we've had a lot of new features really it's just been kind of chilling and it that's probably what it needs to do they yeah. need to focus on these they're making some big changes lacrosse like separating the browser out's a big change like focus in get it right yep. when you ship it then especially if we're getting the four week updates like get this stuff settled we don't we don't need any new features right now we're fine yep fix up the stuff you need to fix up. So um, that being said, the, the Chrome base is really fun, uh, really cool. But, you know, once we get into doing some of those more feature videos, they've agreed to let us keep it. And then we'll just start filming them on that. Like, yeah. So it, we're going to have a little desktop set up with it. And 
hey, you know, here's the new features in Chrome OS 96. Boom. Well, yep. got that Joe going. and I are going to work on some teardown videos of it because it's really cool how the thing comes apart. It, it's almost a modular device. Everything comes out of the base and you can just replace whatever you want. The speakers, everything is all modular. It pops right off. You can replace the speakers, the the RAM, the Wi-Fi card, all that stuff. It's, we're going to crank the RAM up on it. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna beef this thing crank out. Crank the RAM bit. up, maybe put an NVMe uh, gig or terabyte yeah. into it. Why not? We'll turn it into the iMac. Yeah, it'll be awesome. But it's it's a super fun device. Uh, great screen, um, great speakers, all that kind of stuff. And then we get into the top end. We've got the uh, consumer version of the C1030, uh, HP's Elite C1030, which honestly, I, I went back to the C1030. I, I started getting upset that I didn't have like a home Chromebook. <laughs> I just don't. like. Yeah. Just, I've been, there's been so many Chromebooks, I've just gone from one to the next to the next. I'm like... I, if once this is done, what do I go to? Like, what's my go-to Chromebook? And I, I honestly, don't I don't know right now. Uh, the, You'll have more to choose from when this time comes. So. But my favorite one right now, like if I just if they're all sitting there, I'm like, just pick the one up that you would like to take. The C1030 is my favorite Chromebook right now. I I, I genuinely like working from it. It's kind of got a pixel bookie kind of feel yeah. because of the three by two, super thin, lightweight, very rigid, high end. And so the consumer version of that is the ridiculously named. X360 13.5 inch or no it's the 13.5 inch X3, X360 terrible name give it something I mean, yeah. it doesn't even really have a name it's just a description of what it is why it's not just so keep the Elite C1030 who yeah, cares I mean, like, it's just the one that's you at best get it buy with or without the Enterprise upgrade yeah. that's all and you the need. one we've got it's got all the top specs in it and it's even got the anti-glare screen which I didn't love at first I've learned to really like it um, no LTE on the Best Buy model, even though it it, I like don't it. know if they've updated it or not, but Probably it's, not. Uh, it looked like it did. Uh, it does not have LTE, but it's expensive. You know, it's 900 bucks, I think. Yeah. Um, it goes on sale a lot for 750, but yeah, yeah it's, it's not 750. A it's, it's a great Chromebook. It's, if you're looking just for a nice, nice Chromebook, I mean, that just doesn't have the only compromise I would say is the speakers are not great. Uh, HP has just not been shipping good speakers for a long time. <laughs> this one has a really thin chassis. There's nowhere to even put them. Uh, they, but you know, Pixelbook Go figured it out. So well, whatever. Um, so then we've got the Spin Seven Thirteen, which we named uh, just a little bit ago. Again, because of its MSRP, has to go in this new category. Um, it can't stay in the lower category, and it kind of feels right. Uh, it even though it's at the very bottom of this higher end category, it's got a lot of high end specs. So the screen always amazing backlit keyboard. They really tightened up the trackpad on this year's model and just the chassis in general, just, you know, picking the thing up just doesn't feel nearly as flexible or cheap. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a good feeling Chromebook. I think they put an aluminum bottom and then the aluminum lid, the keyboard deck is still that, alloy plastic yeah, kind of magnesium whatever. or something like that uh, but the keyboard feels about the same as the last year 713 trackpad feels way better it's a great great tight trackpad uh and then it's just got that gorgeous 13.5 inch yeah. quad hd hd 400 nit screen it's it's great we expect them to keep putting that in the 713 it's just like it's signature thing so just keep tweaking keep mm. you know making the the base of this a little better what i hope is that we get to see this spin 514 at CES, which one? What do they put in that? Um, crap. It's, it's Tiger Lake, right? Is it? Yeah, but why? Stack on it. They announced a bunch of stuff at their last thing. So they've got the MediaTek 8192 Chromebook coming, but then they've got that Spin 514. I thought there was something 
specific about it because this is a tiger like device i don't remember yes. what its uh, speciality was but it looks amazing it actually um they, they probably hate me for saying this but it looks a lot more like the like an asus chromebook than an acer chromebook like they've kind of gotten rid of the scooped edges on the sides it, and wait is it a spin or is it just uh i thought it was a spin i thought the uh, mediatek one is not the spin You'd have to pull up your thing. Anyway, the whole point being, I feel like they're moving in a little bit of a different direction with their laptop designs. And so what I'd love to see is them kind of keep the top end of the 713 moving forward on their next one and and give us a different bottom chassis piece Yeah, uh, that kind of has a little more modern look. This one is a little bit boring. Um, but yeah, they, they keep iterating. It's, it's great. And then the CX5400 is what I would call 1.1. So if there's yeah. a first place, this is 1.1 place. Um, so close to being, uh, I think, the number one Chromebook. It's the same price as this device that I'm talking about. The the Acer 713 comes with a Core i5, 8 gigs. That one is, that's Core i3, correct? Or no, that's Core i5. i5. Uh, it's a little more expensive, though, I think, for the i5. Then it go up to like 8-something for the i5. They have Yeah, the, it's 899. The 699 one is the Core i3, I yes. believe. And then so, 899, they have it at Costco. So um, It is so good. Um, really, like the, I, th- I want to say the screen brightness is probably like 320 or 350 nits. It's not like, oh, eye searingly bright, but you don't need all those nits most times. Right. It's plenty bright. It's the trackpad's wide, glass, great click. It's got a fantastic keyboard on it, built in stowable stylus, plenty of speed. And it's the only Chromebook right now with the Tiger Lake, the fanless Tiger Lakes, right? Yes, right uh, now. Yeah, and so that, that kind of shocked us when it came in. It's like, oh, this, there's no fan ports and it's silent. Um, and so it, it wins points for style, for looks. It honestly, it's, it's the Chromebook we've wanted Asus to make since the C302 came out. Mm-hmm. 302 came out, the, the C434 came out. We we're like, wow, this is a huge upgrade. And it was good, but it had some issues. Um, the 434 did, but a lot of people love that Chromebook. Yes. And then they brought out the 436 and we we're like, oh, this is going to be it. And the 436 was just a stinker. Like it looked really good on the desk, but there were so many issues with it. Like. I just did not like, nobody I knew liked that Chromebook. Um, and then, you know, they came out with the CX-5 and the CX-9 at CES. And we're like, okay, they're just going a different direction. And then they were like, oh, surprise. Here, here's the CX-5400. And it's basically the 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 next iteration of the the flip line. Like yep. it is, it looks, I look at it. And I'm like, yeah, I can see the 434 in that. I can but see it's 436. so much better. But they fixed all the every stuff. Every aspect. It's firm. Like the whole thing is just nice and rigid. The speakers sound pretty good on it. Like yeah. they're not amazing, but I was hoping for those CX-5 speakers, the CX-5500. Yeah. Like it, you get the upward firing on that, don't you? Are they no, upward? they're oh, side really? firing, oh. but they are so full. Hmm. Uh, but the, it, they're good speakers. But the keyboard, the built-in stylus, the the thinness of the device, the fanless nature of it, the, it, it is fantastic. What a great Chromebook. Um, it, it's it's easily probably one of my favorites. And um, and maybe, you know, if I used it, I honestly, I was in the process of trying to just, yeah, let's just see what this is about when I went down to Gulf Shores. So I had it down there the whole week. That was my Chromebook I worked from. And it's like when you're in that mode, you don't fully realize, like I just had it because I grabbed it. It had just come in and I took it down there with me. I don't think I fully realized how good it was at that mm. point. And then, you know, we got back and I'm like, man, this thing is just stellar. Um, but the winner in this category has to be the CX-9. I mean, it's it's a beast. It just has all the all uh, the cheddar. I, I wish mean, it didn't collect fingerprints like it does. Yeah, that was my only, I mean, I, the minute I started using it, I was waiting for this device because it's the most powerful device on the market. The screen is great. The build quality is phenomenal. 
the finish is really cool. The color is really cool, but it picks up fingerprints so bad and, and whatever the let them go. yeah whatever the material is it's like this matte finish it just hangs on to them it's, it's really bad it's hard to clean yeah it is really hard and to clean. I, i'm not an oily person in any way and it's it's rough man i wish they would make a cx9 with the finish of the yeah, cx5400 absolutely i'm sure it's got fingerprints all over and i can't see them um uh, just because of the color the yeah. style of the finish it just doesn't it doesn't show them. Um, they should have did it in that. Uh, what was the one they did on the? What was last the five pearly? Yeah, that pearlescent. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Or do that the black with the white shell like they got in the yeah. CX five, which is super sharp. Or an all black because the the AMD one with the gaming keys it doesn't pick up fingerprints like the CX nine mm-hmm. does. I don't know what it is, but about. it's not it's not made of the same material either. No. So, so the, the CX nine is I don't know what it's made of. It's super light. But it's also thin, like, yeah. but incredibly rigid, like yes. Pixel Book Go rigid. Like, feels like you couldn't crack it if you I stood on it. It's made of titanium or something. <laughs> it's, it's wild. Uh, great keyboard, obviously. Great trackpad. It's got the numeric keyboard in the trackpad. Pretty decent speakers. USI compatibility. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's got the crazy intense ergo lift. So, like, the keyboard lifts up so much that it covers that bottom bezel. And then mm-hmm. it's got tiny bezels around. So, it's got this incredibly modern, striking look to it. It's it got all the ability to crank it up on all the internals. Like it is, it's a beast, and there's just no way to to be like, oh, this Chromebook's better. It's just not. Yeah, uh, unless you need a convertible, uh, it doesn't convert. Yep, so that's uh, that's the only it's, it's, advantage. But I, I don't know. I just never find myself like, oh, I gotta have a convertible. I don't ever put my device in. I, I don't mind it mind. having it if I need it. Uh, for presentation mode's kind of nice sometimes, yeah. but it's just not that necessary. So, uh, so the 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 winner went to the CX nine, but that takes nothing away from the CX fifty four hundred. And I feel like I've talked a lot more than I intended to about these Chromebooks. But in case you haven't watched the video, you just got Cliff's notes on yep. that. Um, so the video's there. The post is on the website. Just go. Chrome to, Shop has been updated yeah. with all of these and links to get them all. Uh, so yeah, it's all out there. Um, if y'all want to check it out, but yeah, I feel yeah. like we've talked a lot. Yeah, like we had one, I, we I had one tired. more thing, but we don't, we don't, we can talk about that next week. Uh, uh, we did, did just see a deal pop up. I believe Michael's writing it right now, so it'll be out by the time you guys hear this. Uh, but the Google Store is liquidating the Stadia Premier Edition. You can get the Stadia controller and the Chromecast Ultra, Ultra. Yeah. for twenty two. Holy moly. So if you're listening to this and you've been considering Stadia or you got some friends that you want to play with. Yeah, just uh, here. Just have this. Talk <laughs> about a stocking stuffer. That's cheaper than buying a Chromecast. I mean, yeah. 22 bucks for the control. I mean, that's. I think that bundle's normal. It, it used to retail for like 100 I think you can get it for 80 normally. And the crazy part is, like, if you have that, somebody hands this to you as a gift and, and you plug it all in and sign in and all that kind of stuff, you don't have to pay for anything. You don't have to pay for anything and if they're you a first time, to buy the game. Yeah, you know? if they're a first time user, they they should get at least two or three months of pro for free. Yeah. I think they they've taken it down to one at one yeah, point. Like so. that was the standard. It was always one month free. You, so you can do that for free. And then if you decide, hey, I like this, this is fun, buy the games that you want to play and just buy them and be done yep. with it. Don't, or you don't have to do a yeah, membership. Or pay or the what is it, ten dollars a month for yeah. pro? Yeah. So it's dirt I mean, cheap. If you like it, it's dirt cheap to use it. Yeah, they are bringing more and more games. We just saw the other day they're bringing what's it called? Jack Jackbox. Yeah, Jackbox like, games. Jackbox uh, games. Whatever so the latest one is. So great party game eight. if you never played Jackbox eight. Yeah, they, they've been around, around for a while. They're super duper fun. But they've got some kid friendly games on there now and there's a that they continue to bring more 
and more content and it's really really good so i talk about a great great gift for somebody who's into gaming i mean whether they're into cloud gaming or not 22 bucks come on yeah anyways guys that's about it for this one uh we'll be back next friday um as long long as all goes well joe will be back here with us we'll see i don't know i hope so yeah so guys thanks for listening and we will catch you next time Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.